Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit HarvardWestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, a Saskatchewan pulse processor announces a major expansion to meet growing world demand. A Saskatchewan farmer outlined serious issues around the federal carbon tax to the Senate Agriculture Committee. Real Agriculture talks about federal efforts to allow more temporary foreign workers in Canada. The Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists announced some major awards. And we have the latest Saskatchewan feeder cattle price report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The Saskatchewan Pulse Processor has announced a significant expansion. Bell Pulses of Duck Lake and Bellevue is adding shifts to increase production capacity to nearly 100,000 tonnes a year. Bell Pulses is owned by Eatwell Investment Group, and Chief Investment Officer Mark Coles says the 10% increase in production is due to strong world demand and partly due to the war in Ukraine. We have two locations currently, one in Duck Lake, and the other one in Bellevue. So we're primarily looking at an expansion of production in the Duck Lake facility, although we're also looking at potentially opening another facility, so have a third facility in Saskatchewan. I understand by a news release, you current production in Canada is roughly 100,000 tons a year, and you're hoping to add an additional 15,000 tons per year? Yes, exactly if not more. And then we also have a third facility in Montana. So between the three facilities, we'll be expanding the total throughput of, it's the goal to expand the total throughput of Bell Pulse. Tell me, what when we talk about pulse crops, what do you handle? Which ones? We do uh, yellow pea. We do uh, uh, chickpeas. We do fava beans. So uh, primarily yellow peas. We also do green pea as well. Bell Pulse has been in, uh, in the Saskatchewan for well over four decades. So I think we're in our 43rd year or something like that. So it was uh, originally uh, founded by Tony and Francis Gadet. And so it's, it's been there a long time and with a great reputation of producing top quality product. Why have you decided to expand the plant's capacity? Well, the geopolitical issues that you see out there today are such that groups are looking for more supply of product from a almost a guaranteed source. So it becomes a food security issue, really. Well, you know, if you're going to contract to buy proteins, you could contract them with Bell Pulse, and 
be assured because of the geopolitical issues that uh, you'll get a supply of your proteins over a long period of time. So I take it strong demand worldwide and the problems with the Russian invasion of Ukraine have prompted is partly behind all this? Those, those are the key reasons? I, I would say so, yes, because there's a tremendous, I don't know the exact percentage, but probably 20 to 30 percent of pulses come from Russia and the Ukraine. And so obviously that supply chain is going to be somewhat disrupted over the next couple of years, definitely for this growing season. So the logical alternative is to look at a safe, secure source for your pulse proteins. Saskatchewan fills that bill. You hinted at a third location. Would it be in Saskatchewan? And can you give me any idea where and what size of plant we're talking about? It, we're just modeling it now, but it'll be probably closer to a, a large urban center for access to a workforce. But yeah, we're, we're definitely looking at potentially a, a different line, but still focused around pulses. Any idea what such a plant might cost? No, that's too early for that, Jim, but uh, we're looking at it very closely. It's fantastic working in Saskatchewan. The people are so nice. They have great crops. And with the, you know, the global insecurities that are out there now, Saskatchewan is a logical place for people to uh, contract out supply of proteins and supply of pulses. That's for sure. Bell Pulses is based in Duck Lake and Bellevue, about 325 kilometers northwest of Regina. The company produced 90,000 tons of pulse protein last year and will expand production to nearly 100,000 tons. The Montana plant will add up to an additional 15,000 tons as well. The company supplies product to over 35 countries. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. And also brought to you by Prairie Co-op. Saskatchewan farmer and policy advocate Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel raised a number of farm issues with the Senate Committee on Agriculture this past week. Jolly-Nagel outlined the importance of a National Food Day in Canada. She also raised concerns about the federal carbon tax. She spoke with reporter Cheryl Brooks. Unbelievable impact. You know, since, since the first initial discussions around carbon tax, organizations that I'm involved in, like the Western Canadian Weekers, have been trying to show the impact of what a carbon tax will do to individual farmers in Saskatchewan here and in the country. We lose sleep over it. We're trying to lobby as many politicians and decision makers as we can try to you know, share with Canadians what the, the impact truly means. There was you know, some smaller initiatives to try to get, say, the carbon tax removed from grain drying. That was a way for us to share with Canadians something specific about how the carbon tax was going to take money from our pockets and not make us any more environmentally sustainable than we are today. And that's probably our, our biggest hang-up, is taxing food production does not in any way make us better farmers. We're making the best decisions that we can today uh, for environmental sustainability and, and to protect our land. And taxing us does not, certainly does not help us do that. I would assume that a lot of people understand where you guys are coming from, but does that mean that the, the federal government is actually listening and hearing what you're saying? No, I don't think so. The discussion right now is how can we help farmers to be more sustainable. <laughs> and we're sitting there 
you know, wondering how we can share with them all the amazing things that we're doing today. Because to tell somebody that they have to do better, you should probably understand what they're doing right now. And we believe wholeheartedly that we are at a net zero for carbon emissions. We are and have been sequestering carbon in the soil, growing the crops that we grow for many, many years, almost decades in many cases. So it feels patronizing and condescending to have a federal government tell us that we must do better, that we are you know, terrible contributors to you know, GHG emissions, when I don't feel that they understand at all what our existing farming practices are and how we have improved over time. And that's not to say that where we can't improve that we're not going to. It, it is in our own best interest to continually improve. We've, we've seen that. We're, we're responsible for the equipment on our farm operation. We're responsible for the inputs that are, are expensive now and getting more expensive. So we don't abuse that. We use them because we see the benefits in them and we see how we're able to improve the land over time. And it's going to be a very long battle for us to continue to share with the powers that be that, that what we're doing is environmentally sustainable, that we're making very good decisions today that will help us transfer our farms onto the next generation and leave the land in better shape than before. How do we get it through to them? Well, I, I'm not giving up yet. To be <laughs> I, under, I understand you know, the geopolitics around uh, what the appearance of a carbon tax looks like. It, may, it makes it look as though Canada is uh, trying to be more responsible for our GHG emissions. But you can take the carbon tax away, and Canada was always trying to be more responsible about our environmental footprint. We've always done that. And that's what has made us leaders in environmental sustainability. Without question, I think Canadian farmers are, are the most sustainable farmers around the world. And that isn't because a government has told us to or waved a finger at us or tried to tax us to be better. We've always tried to do better. And unfortunately, we have lost good communication between our leadership and our farming community. That's Saskatchewan farmer and policy advocate, Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. We've got some big changes coming to the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. It was announced by the minister yesterday. Uh, a lot of the, the ag associations quite happy. You know, the, the, the ones that touch the TFW program. There's been a lot of, I would say, probably pre-pandemic. We've heard a lot since the beginning of COVID-19 about you know, things that could be better. And, of course, now as we deal with really, really tight supplies when it comes to workers, in the food and, and ag sector. Here to discuss some of the changes that were announced yesterday is Marie-France McKinnon. She is the Vice President of Public Affairs and Communications at the Canadian Meat Council. Marie-France, how are you doing? Good, Sean. Thank you. Good morning. Let's go, I guess, start off the top here. What changes have been made to the TFW program going forward? Well, the announcement made yesterday for an increase in the temporary foreign worker cap from 10% to 30% is really what's going to help us stabilize the food supply chain. Because, you know, for meat processors, our labor shortage has, you know, has had and keeps having a direct impact on producers. Like CMC has been pushing for government relief on this temporary foreign work cap for over four years. Like four years ago, we had 1,700 empty butcher stations. As you can imagine, the pandemic made everything more critical. And now we're at 10,000 empty 
workstation. So this increase in the temporary foreign worker cap is key to our sector and to all of agri-food. What was the cap previously? The cap was changed in 2014 to 10%. So some were grandfathered in at 20%, depending on how much you use the system at the time. So, But I'll say that the majority were stuck at 10%. And when I have members in, you know, across the country that are well over 20%, some in Quebec, in fact, were over 30%, um, that was the need to really push uh, to get this increase in the cap. And a few months ago, 11 associations joined forces to put pressure on the government because our, you know, more broadly, our agri-food labor shortage was at a critical point. So together, we had a, a bit of a louder voice. It was a really good collaborative effort. And we didn't go to government with a problem. We really went with a solution. You know, we worked on this proposal very closely. And actually, last week, we met with the minister, with Minister Qualtrough, and it was really nice to hear her tell us that our proposal was what inspired her with some of these measures. So it's great news for the agri-food sector. One of the other changes that stood out to me was the, the change in duration uh, of stay from 180 days to 270. Is, is that a, a change that's going to have a big impact on, on members of the coalition? Uh, for some of the coalition, yes. So for meat processors, we're not seasonal. So this change is really applies for the seasonal sector. I know uh, fishery sector, like the seafood industry in particular, really needed this announcement. So for them, this seasonal cap and the extension is really key for them you know, to keep going because we've all been uh, facing this dire labor shortage. So it's, uh, it was a nice welcome announcement yesterday for everybody in agri-food, I think. Yeah, like a, an association like Mushrooms, Mushroom Canada would be an example where, you know, that, that, that would be a change that would have great, great impacts uh, for, for them going forward. Now, what, what I found interesting, and it was from the government's release, is that, you know, some people that speak out against the TFW program say, well, we're taking away jobs for Canadians. And I was actually, it stood out to me that in 2020, temporary foreign workers made up less than 0.4% of the Canadian workforce. So, and, and, and even with some of these changes, we're not talking about taking, it's not a question, I don't think, at all of taking jobs away from Canadians, is it? No, absolutely not. And, you know, trust me, our members, would say nothing more than show me a Canadian on my doorstep that wants a job and wants to work and we will hire them. There's, there's no benefit to any company to want to hire temporary foreign worker. The length of time it takes and, you know, the amount of manpower and money that you need to spend to bring a temporary foreign worker here, it would be so much easier for all of agri-food if Canadians were interested. Unfortunately, a lot of these jobs are, you know, in manufacturing environments, and Canadians are just not interested. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. 
Partly cloudy today, wind east 20 kilometers per hour, the high plus 9. 30% chance of rain showers this evening, and then 30% chance of flurries overnight, the low minus 1. Wednesday, mainly cloudy, wind northwest 20, then increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high tomorrow, plus 6, the low minus 6. Thursday, sunny, the high 8 degrees, the low minus 7. Friday, sunny, with high of 11, periods of evening rain, the low plus 3. Saturday, cloudy, 40% chance of showers, the high 7, the low minus 4. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 6, the low minus 7. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 4. Normal high for this date is plus 9. The normal low is minus 4. The sun rose at 626 this morning. It sets at 736 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, yellow grass at plus 8. The cold spot, Kindersley, at 0. And the roundup, Esteban, is 8 degrees. Saskatoon is 7. Swift current, 4. Weyburn, 8. Yorkton is 2. Cloudy in Regina, it's plus 8, that's 46 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 23. Humidity is 53%. The barometric pressure is rising, it's 99.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 7 degrees. Winds are from the east-southeast at 26. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 8, that's 46 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists recognized seven members and one organization at its annual awards last week. Valerie Pearson is the executive director of the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists. Dr. Bruce Coleman is a retired agrologist who is a leading research scientist with Agriculture Canada at the Saskatoon Research Centre. His field was the breeding and genetics of alfalfa and perennial grasses. He supervised over 40 graduate students over the years and he has released 22 new varieties of uh, forage crops. Is he's not only outstanding in his profession, but he has volunteered with the uh, organization and he's been involved with this um, admissions and registration committee. So he volunteers and spends countless hours reviewing those applications for registration. Another recognition award was presented posthumously to Lawrence Peterson. In the early years of his career, Peterson was an ag rep in Estevan, Shellbrook and Swift Current. From 1975 to 1995, Peterson worked at the Royal Bank and was then the executive director of the Western Grains Research Foundation from 1996 to 2003. Three people were given the Distinguished Agrologist Award, including Dr. Andrew Van Kessel, an internationally recognized specialist in animal health. He's had groundbreaking results in the, the whole area of effective feeding strategies, management practices, in the area of livestock production, the, the health of our farm animals, uh, particularly in the, the swine area. And, and now uh, Dr. Van Kessel, he's uh, the director of research with uh, Vito here in the city. Also honoured, Michael Hoffert started his career with Farm Credit Canada in 1988 and after several promotions is currently the chief executive officer in Regina. 
to have someone of Michael's stature as the CEO of Farm Credit over the, the last number of years and what his involvement with land management, risk management, and just his contributions to the agriculture industry. The third Distinguished Agrologist Award was presented posthumously to Glenn Helgeson from Foam Lake. He was a farmer and an owner and CEO of Milligan Bioagriculture Services. Glenn was committed to Foam Lake, being an active member in the local marketing club as well as the Elks Club. Pearson says an honorary life membership was given to Dieter Martin. And that one was exciting. It went to Dieter Martin this year. And that's someone who, you know, hasn't necessarily gone to the, the university road, but they have given so much to the betterment of the profession and the industry. Dieter Martin, what he's done for horticulture science in uh, not only the province, but throughout Canada. Anyone who's gone to the university here, uh, Saskatchewan, all those wonderful green spaces, how the campus looks, how it's the best looking in the the whole country, but, you know, is uh, thanks to Dieter. And some of those techniques that he tried years ago are now um, commonplace across the country. Dieter Martin was the head gardener at the University of Saskatchewan from 1957 to 1976. After retiring, Martin focused on his small greenhouse business in the Langham area. And one last award to mention, Southwest Terminal at Gull Lake was given the Agrology Excellence Award. The producer-owned terminal started business in 1997 and since then has expanded to five more locations in the Southwest. A list of all the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologist Award winners can be found on their website or on a plaque at the University of Saskatchewan College of Agriculture and Bioresources. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed this past week. Provincial livestock economist Brad Marsignuk says feeder steers were mixed, but mainly lower for the week. Feeder steer prices were mixed, but mostly lower across the weight categories. When compared to prices reported the previous week, the largest price increase was seen in the 6 to 700 pound weight category, increasing $1.37 to average $220.70 per hundredweight. The biggest price declines over the week were in the 5 to 600 pound feeder steer weight category, which declined $9.18 per hundredweight to end the week average at $235.57 per hundredweight. Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices were also mixed over the week, with lightweight categories moving higher, while the heavyweight categories moved lower when compared to prices the previous week. The lightweight feeder heifer weight categories below 600 pounds increased between $6.05 and $8.88 per hundredweight, while the heavyweight categories had price declines between $0.61 and $2.66 per hundredweight. What were the main factors affecting these prices? Well, feeder steer prices were overall lower this last week. Feed prices, uncertainty around existing feed supplies, and lower new crop acreage projections for U.S. corn will continue to influence where feeder cattle demand and prices go here as we move forward. What were marketings? CanSacs reported a total of 10,082 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week, and that was down from 11,505 head during the previous week. And that's also below the 10,558 head marketed during the same week in 2021. Feeder cattle markings are overall down about 11% year-to-date for 2022. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Well, cull prices continue to be very strong. 
price of D2 slaughter cows increased 78 cents to average $97.17 per hundredweight, and the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a very good increase with prices improving $4.82 per hundredweight from the previous week to average $86.20. On the fed cattle market side, fed cattle prices in the U.S. did edge higher. Due to improving beef cutout values, the fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers was reported at $162.39 per hundredweight. That was down slightly from two weeks ago, but overall prices have been very strong or steady for the month of March. What about U.S. influences? What's happening there? Well, you know, feed prices overall have been very high. The big thing last week was the USDA prospective planting report, which indicated corn acreage for the current crop year is projected to be down almost 3.9 million acres, or 4.1% from last year, with the corn acreage at 89.49 million acres planted for this for this year. So lower corn acres would mean lower corn production, which does translate to potentially less available new corn crops. So that's relatively negative news for the feeding industry. Brad Marsniuk is the Provincial Livestock Economist. Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th, and you'll save 15%. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola went down 2160 at 112282 one red spring wheat increased 412 at 477.79. The rest were unchanged. Durham 551.16. Feed barley 362.54. Flax 1291.47. Lentils 902.50. Oats 501.53. Yellow peas 639.66. Feed wheat 378.30. At Minneapolis this morning, May spring wheat rose 25 cents at 11.10 a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of April 5th. Our last regular sale was on March 30th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.92 cents to $1.06. D3 cows sold from $0.82 cents to $0.92. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.36. Our last pre-sorted calf sale was on March 28th. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.34 and sold up to $2.54. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.39 and sold up to $2.55. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.27 and sold up to $2.48. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.13 and sold up to $2.34. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.10 and sold up to $2.30. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.98 and sold up to $2.13. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $1.93. Heifers were about 20 to 25 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, this is for both the Moose Jaw and Brandon plants, 223.61 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. 
The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency is launching the Emergency Flood Damage Reduction Program for 2022. The plan is to help Saskatchewan communities respond to the challenge of possible flooding. The program was set up in 2011 to help with emergency flood damage protection measures for communities, rural municipalities, businesses, rural yard sites and cottages to prevent damage from imminent risk of flooding. The Water Security Agency is investing up to $500,000 this year. Services include technical evaluations and cost share funding for permanent flood defenses and temporary relief through pumping. The Water Security Agency says many parts of the province have seen low or below normal snowfall this winter, but spring runoff is variable and can cause localized flooding if conditions are right. A study has shown each dollar in prevention has saved a future $20 to $30 in property damage. On the markets, the TSX is down 44 points to 22,041. The Dow has fallen 97 points to 34,824. Oil has dropped 28 cents at $103 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 12 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.19 cents U.S. That's the Resorts Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good fun. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.